Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Goforth, PGA professional at Cross Creek Golf Club. Have a really good episode for you. Today, I'm going to be talking about what club should you carry in your golf bag. And that's a really important decision because we're getting ready to go into golf season. A lot of you are thinking about possibly buying new equipment. Maybe you got that gift card for Christmas. You need to use it. And all the new equipment is coming out right now. In my last episode, I had Julian Taylor on from Titleist, and we were talking about the newest golf equipment coming from them. I'm going to be having Taylor made on here in the next episode, Callaway, and so forth. So talking about the newest equipment, I wanted to prepare you for what you should be looking to have in your golf bag. Now, certainly it's going to depend on the individual and your preferences, but I'm going to give you some really good tips that will help you determine which clubs I think you should be carrying out there on the golf course. Before I jump into that topic, I thought I'd talk about some of the news and notes in the world of golf that's been happening since I dropped my last episode. First and foremost, my condolences to the friends and family of Tim Rosefort. He is a longtime reporter of the game of golf at the Golf Channel, and he will be tremendously missed within the golfing community. Tim was outstanding, not only at reporting the game and just informing us of the things we needed to know in the world of golf, but a tremendous ambassador in growing the game of golf and just a positive light around the game, and he will be sorely missed. He reported the game of golf with the utmost honor and integrity, and his influence will be felt for many, many years to come in the world of golf. So again, my condolences to the friends and family of the great Tim Rosefort. Congratulations to Cameron Smith. He is the winner of the Century Tournament of Champions, and wow, he did it in just spectacular fashion. A record low, 34 under. That's the lowest four-day total in PGA Tour history. Prior to that, Ernie Ells owned that record for 19 years. He beat Ernie's record by three shots. So just, I never thought I would see 34 under in a golf tournament. And, and I'm just curious to know from you, is that something that makes this tournament even more appealing to you? Do you want to see him go as low as possible, or would you rather see him struggle a little bit, maybe struggling to make those birdies and pars? 3,400 is a lot, and I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of on the fence on that. I'm like, yeah, that's entertaining to, to watch that many birdies or eagles. But then on the other hand, you know, kind of watch him struggle a little bit. And I've talked about that in a previous episode of – why I like the U.S. Open so much, because they kind of struggle a little bit with trying to make par, trying to make birdie. But uh, regardless of that, regardless of your opinion of whether you like to see them go as low as possible or you like to see them battle out the conditions a little bit more, 34 under just is unbelievable. And again, congrats to him. And he did it with the, and he did it rocking that unbelievable mullet that he has. I mean, man, nobody can rock that mullet as good as Cameron Smith he does it well. Curious to see how long he keeps that mullet. Maybe keeps it the rest of the PGA Tour season, considering how well he did during that tournament. So, again, congrats to Cameron Smith. I see that record sticking around for many, many years. I'll be shocked if that is broken anytime soon. 
Again, like I was saying, Ernie's record held up for 19 years, so it's very safe to say this one could be around for a lot longer. Tom Watson was named the honorary starter at the Masters this year. He's, of course, joining Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player. Of course, we had the unfortunate passing of the great Lee Elder, and uh, he was, of course, the honorary starter last year. He's going to be sorely missed, and uh, but really excited about having Tom Watson as the honorary starter there. I've had the honor and privilege of playing golf with Tom Watson, a tremendous human being, very fun to play with. Great guy, and uh, I don't think they could have picked anyone better to uh, replace Mr. Elder than Tom Watson. So congrats. Look forward to seeing those three legends on the tee box to kick off the 2022 Masters. Congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama on that come-from-behind victory at the Sony Open this past weekend as I'm recording this. Hit that absolutely incredible three-wood shot on the playoff with Russell Henley, knocked it to within three feet and just tapped in Eagle to take home the victory. Kind of feel bad for Russell Henley. I mean, he, he pretty much had this thing in the bag. I mean, he had a really good lead making a turn. I want to say it was right at five shots as he made the turn and looked to be on his way to victory. Coming down to the last hole there, Matsuyama was down by a shot and uh, ended up birdie in 18, and uh, Henley parred it, which, of course, forced that playoff. Just a couple bad tee shots from Henley there down the stretch that kind of really set up that come-from-behind victory by Matsuyama. But, oh, man, I, that three-wood shot. I mean, I don't know that you can say that a three-wood has been hit that well and been that historic in a PGA Tour up to this point. If you can find one, please let me know. But that one will forever live on in the history of the PGA Tour. I mean, you got to think about it. Not only was it an incredible shot, but under that pressure that he was feeling in a play, on a playoff hole and to knock it that tight, I mean, kudos to him. Curious to see how well he does. Could he do a repeat at the Masters? I mean, this guy's confidence is sky high right now, and it would be interesting to see what happens as we go throughout the season, how many more victories he can rack up here. But, again, congrats to Matsuyama. On the Sony Open, very well deserved. So the FedEx Cup standings have taken a little bit of a shuffle since the last time I reported it. So I thought I'd give you a rundown on the current FedEx Cup point standings as of this episode. Coming in at the number 10 ranking is Matthew Wolf. Number 9 is Lucas Herbert. Number 8 is Jason Kokrak. Number 7 is Max Homa. Number six is Victor Hovland. So six through 10 are pretty much the same. Those have not changed since the last time. Coming in at number five is Sung J.M. He was number four previously. Coming in at the number four spot would be Cameron Smith. He was previously number three. I'm not sure why in the world he dropped down after he had a victory, but he went from number three in the previous rankings to four. So taking a little bit of a slide from number three to number four, even though he did have that victory a couple weeks ago. Coming in at the number three spot is Sam Burns. He was previously number two. Coming in at number two is Taylor Gooch. Again, he was previously number one. And, of course, to no surprise, coming in at number one is Hideki Matsuyama making the leap 
from the number five position in last week's rankings. So there's your top 10 in the FedEx Cup standings. And as I've mentioned before, I will be reporting those as we go throughout the golf season. I'm not going to do it every single episode, but I will definitely keep you up to date on those standings going forward. We have some exciting tournaments coming down the pipeline here. As I mentioned in my last podcast, I said, hey, we've got some exciting tournaments coming down the pipeline, and they have not failed thus far in the two we have seen. Coming up next would be the American Express Championship and La Quinta Country Club. After that, you got the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and then the Waste Management Phoenix Open. That will take place February 7th through the 13th. So I love this stretch of PGA Tour events. This West Coast stretch, I think, are some of the most exciting tournaments we see all year long because the players are wanting to come out of the gate hot. You see some really good golf taking place early on in the PGA Tour season. So they have not disappointed so far, and I'm sure they are not going to disappoint going forward. So good luck to all the participants in those upcoming tournaments. So those are some news and notes that I want to talk about before I jump into this episode's topic. So without further ado, I'm going to give you some tips on what clubs you should have in your golf bag for the upcoming golf season. Oh, he got all of that one. If you want to take control of your health and feel so much better, I encourage you to check out Pure on Main. They have two locations on Main Street in downtown Greenville across from the Hyatt and another location on Cannon Street and beautiful downtown Greer. Pure on Main provides you with essential services and products allowing you to live a healthier, more fulfilling life. Pure on Main is one of the most exclusive and unique health and wellness centers in the upstate. They've been nominated as one of Greenville's best wellness centers for five consecutive years. Do you want to improve your endurance, increase your mobility in your golf swing, or get rid of joint pains? I can assure you Betsy and her staff are passionate about helping you improve your life. They have stores filled with beneficial items for your body and your soul. They also provide services such as colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy, ionic foot detox, and wellness consulting. Pure on Main is dedicated to helping and serving their community. Please give them a call and let them recommend top-of-the-line products that are results-driven. I get all of my wellness supplements from them, and I feel amazing. Visit their website at pureonmain.com. Again, that's pureonmain.com where you can purchase their phenomenal products or you can visit their downtown locations in Greenville and Greer. So what are you waiting for? Start living healthier and pure with the help of Pure on Maine. You won't regret it. What set makeup is best for your golf bag? That is something that a lot of golfers aren't really aware of or pay a lot of attention to as far as how many clubs. Number one, of course, you're limited to 14 But which one should you go with out of that 14? And should you even have a total of 14? Maybe you can get away with 12. So that's just something to think about when it comes to evaluating your golf bag. And I wanted to go over this topic with you before the season began, because as I mentioned earlier, a lot of you may be looking to replace your golf clubs going into the new season, or maybe you need to tweak some things in your current bag, maybe throw in a new putter, throw in a new wedge, Maybe take away that uh, that hybrid that you're not really using that much or that fairway wood that you're not using very much. So the information I'm about to give you is going to be extremely helpful for you and hopefully 
simplify things for you. And that's the whole goal of this segment here is just to simplify your golf bag and your choices and most of all, give you the confidence that you need going into your round knowing that you've got all the equipment or weapons that you need to attack the game of golf. So get ready to take some notes on which clubs you need to think about having in your golf bag. All right, so let's start with the obvious. You need a, you need a driver and you need a putter. That's two of your clubs right there. And after you've determined that, I want you to next evaluate your wedges because your wedges are some of the most important clubs in your bag because that's going to help you attack those greens, attack that pin. Now, how many wedges do you need to carry? I'll give you an example of my bag. So I have a 52 degree, I go to a 56 degree, I go to a 60, and then I've thrown in a 64 degree just because I absolutely love to use that on short range chip shots around the green like if I've got a pin that's really close to the edge I need that ball to stop or if I really want to hit that nice flop shot to a high elevated green or over something so that's my wedge arsenal doesn't mean you have to do that but something to consider do you have enough wedges in your golf bag because I see a lot of golfers that do not they just have a simple sand wedge that come from the manufacturer set that they have and that's it so really think about your wedges now, from there, you want to go into your irons and then your hybrids and fairway woods. So, an example of a bag that you can consider here in terms of set makeup would be driver, which is one club, a three wood, which is your second club, and then you go with a three and four hybrid. Because that three hybrid really is almost identical to that five wood when it comes to loft. Now you may be sitting there and saying, Hey, look, I really love my five wood. I like it better than I would a three hybrid. That's okay. You have an alternative there of using a five wood or a three hybrid. So again, driver, three wood, either a three hybrid or five wood. And then your four hybrid, there's four clubs right there. And then you can start your iron set at your five iron. So you go five iron, six iron, seven iron, eight iron, and then nine iron. There's nine clubs, and then your pitching wedge. So there's your tenth club. Now here, you've only got room for four more, right? So you either go gap wedge or approach wedge. That's your eleventh club, and then you've got room for two other wedges. So that could be like a fifty-six and a sixty, and then you've got your putter. So there's your 14 clubs right there. So that's just an example of a bag you could go with. Now, what's important to understand here is that your irons need to be gapped every four degrees. That's standard. So, for example, if you're going with a pitching wedge and that pitching wedge is 48 degrees, then I would really suggest your gap wedge or your approach wedge, same, same club there, being about 52. And then if that's 52, then you're going to want to go with a 56. And then you want to go with a 60. So that gives you an idea of how to attack those wedges and how to equip yourself there. But again, really important to make sure you're four degrees of incrementation. I really suggest you go get your golf clubs checked for loft and lie just to make sure because sometimes these things like to move on you, especially the more golf you play and especially if you have forged irons. Forged is a softer metal go back to one of my past episodes I talked about the difference between cast irons and forged irons forge is softer so it's going to move a whole lot easier so you definitely want to make sure that you get your 
clubs checked so that your distances are going to be a whole lot more consistent. And again, it all comes down to confidence too, right? Because if you're not confident in your golf equipment, whether it's the set makeup that you have, the actual brand that you're playing, or whether it's your lofts, then you're not going to be successful consistently out there on the golf course. So super, super important. All right, so let's go back to your scoring clubs again. So you got to think about this. Most of your shots are going to be hit from a close range around the green. So choosing the wedges or your short irons is your first immediate need, like I mentioned earlier. And then you want to work your way up your set through your irons and up to your hybrids and fairway wood. So I really want you to, again, to pay close attention to your lofts, but also pay attention to the bounce on those wedges. So if you go back to the interview I did with Julian Taylor at Titleist last episode, we talked a little about grind and grind and bounce is sort of the same thing there. So you really want to pay attention to what type of environment you're playing in. Do you have a tight lie most of the time around the green or do you have a fluffy lie around the green? Then I'll kind of give you an idea of what type of bounce you need to consider. Golfers absolutely need to have wedges, more wedges in the golf bag. And typically a golfer is going to carry the three wedges like I was talking to you about earlier. And the most common configuration is that 52, 56, and 60 degree, or either a 50, 54, 58. Again, notice there's that four degrees of incrementation there. Some of your long hitters out there would like to have that fourth wedge in there just to kind of make that gapping a little bit better. And also for those particular shots that I told you earlier, like I said, I, I put in a 64 degree and then I sacrificed one of my high irons because I just really want that in there because I find that I need that shot more often than I would say a three iron or maybe even a five iron on the golf course. So it's very, very rare that a golfer should just carry two wedges. And that's where I really want you to evaluate your golf bag. How many wedges are in there? Are you just carrying one wedge? This is not counting your pitching wedge. Are you just carrying one wedge? Are you just carrying two wedges? And if you're only carrying one or two, you really need to consider adding two or three more wedges in there to balance out your golf bag. And again, to make your short game a lot stronger and get you attacking those pins a lot better. Next, I want you to really evaluate the irons in your bag that you're not using very much. Once you determine what that is, take them out of your bag. There is no rule stating out there what clubs you have to have in that 14 club set, right? So 14 clubs is certainly the max, but you can carry fewer than that if you want to. And like I mentioned earlier, maybe you're, you're just better off getting rid of those higher irons that you're not using, whether it's your three iron, whether it's your five iron, whether it's that five wood that you don't really use that much, but you're much better off taking those out and then adding in your wedge to make things a whole lot better for you. Something else that I've seen out there that can seem a little unorthodox to some of you, but dropping some of the even or odd number of clubs in your set and see if carrying less clubs sparks more creativity or just less stress or pressure on you about what club you need to need to use. I'll give you a terrific example of this. I always host a three club tournament and I have had so many golfers come up to me after that tournament and say, Steve, I have been way over complicating this game because when I only had three clubs to choose from, that just made things a whole lot simpler for me in terms of figuring out what I needed to do. And I saw my shot that I needed to hit a whole lot better because I was trying to be creative with that particular club or clubs that I had. So 
I've had I've seen players shoot seventy three with three clubs. Now three clubs is including a putter, so it's not three clubs and a putter. That would be four, obviously. It's choosing whatever you want to putt with, whether it's a wedge or a hybrid. So I've seen a combination of a wedge, hybrid, seven iron, and some of the results were amazing. So I'm not telling you to go out and play with three clubs for the rest of your life in the game of golf. I'm just giving you an example of creativity and and seeing shots that you would not normally see out there. So really consider the possibility that you don't need to carry 14 and just make things a whole lot simpler for you out there on the golf course. Something else I want you to consider here uh, when it comes to your set makeup are your grips and your shafts. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with the quantity of clubs in your bag, but if you're not playing with clubs that are fit for you properly and are the wrong shaft flex, then it's going to give you some problems. And the same goes towards the grip. And a lot of golfers don't think about the type of grip that they need to be playing. They just think, well, that's fine. Just put that grip on there and I'll play with that. But let me give you an example of a way that a grip could help you. Let's just say that you tend to get wristy or handsy with your wedges and you want to reduce the amount of wrist and hands in the golf shot and, imp and implement more arms and shoulders. Well, at that point, think about putting larger grips on your wedges. And what that does is it stabilizes the hands. It also keeps you from putting a death grip on it, which we tend to do when we get around the greens. And it just allows you to put a better swing on the golf club. So that's just an example of how grips can help you when you're out there on the golf course. And as far as with the shaft, maybe you like to swing your higher irons a little bit harder than you would your wedges. Well, if that's the case, think about putting a stiffer shaft in your higher irons and a more flexible shaft in your wedges or vice versa on that. Really take a look at your shafts and your grips and make sure that they are allowing you the possibility to attack those pins or fairway a lot more consistently and with a lot more confidence. So maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, look, I don't know if I want to go with a hybrid or if I want to go with a high iron, being in the three and the four and the five. You may be saying, hey, I've been playing a three and four iron my whole life. I like it. I'm not sure about these hybrid clubs. You know, I, I don't know. I will say this, your your lower lofted irons, like your 3, 4, and 5, are usually the hardest clubs to hit for the majority of golfers out there. And, I, and I'll even go so far as to say even the golf professionals out there. I only take my clubs up to a 5 iron. I feel more confident with a 3 and a 4 hybrid in my bag. So if you're struggling with those clubs, really consider switching over to hybrids. Carry multiple hybrids if you need to but just make sure they're spaced properly. Check your lofts on the hybrids and then make sure they fall in line with whatever iron you then go into. Meaning if you go with a 3-4 hybrid, make sure they're spaced properly in terms of loft going into that next club, which is your 5 iron. You don't want those overlapping each other. Just figure out which high iron you hit the best and then eliminate everything above that. And like I said to you earlier, the one I hit the best is my five, so I'm going to say, all right, everything above my five, which is three, four, is gone. And then I'm introducing those hybrids in there. Maybe I'm just introducing one hybrid to go back to allow that extra wedge that I was saying earlier. So, again, just be creative with that and figure out what works best for you. If you're not going to make that switch to new equipment and you're just adding equipment to your bag, I highly advise you to, to have those lofts and lies checked, like I said earlier, because... 
it's okay to stick with what you got. I'm not telling you you got to go out there and buy new clubs this year. I'm just saying make sure that what you have and what you're carrying into this coming season is set up the way it needs to be. And also that goes into the grooves on your current wedges is making sure your grooves aren't starting to get worn because that's going to affect the amount of spin that you're putting on that ball. And then also your putter. Make sure the putter you're playing is fit to you. And what I mean by fitting the putter to you is are you playing a blade or are you playing a mallet? And which one works best for you? A mallet's going to be a little bit more forgiving. The head's not going to twist as much. You got more perimeter weighting around the head just to make that more of a straight back, straight through putting style. And then which one are you? Do you like to put a little bit of an arc on your putting stroke or do you like to be more straight back, straight through? And then I'll tell you whether or not you need to be face balanced or if you need to have a little bit of toe weight to your putter. So if you say, Steve, I like to be straight back, straight through, right down that line, then make sure that putter is face balanced. And if you say, nope, I like to be a little bit of an arc here, like opening and shutting a door, then you want to make sure your t- your putter has a little more toe weight to it. And then in addition to that, the length and the amount of offset on the putter matters as well. So if you come take a putting lesson from me, I'm going to kind of evaluate all those things with you. The offset and how that plays into account with your putting stroke is your alignment more than anything else. So if you're a left-eyed dominant person, example, Tiger and Jack Nicklaus, they're left-eyed dominant. So they're going to go with more of an offset putter or what I call that old plumber's neck where it goes down, over, and then down again into the head. Of the, into the head. And if you're more of a right-eye dominant person, which is what I am, I don't need a whole lot of offset on that putter because that kind of throws off my alignment a little bit. And of course, length of the putter matters because you don't want something that's too long. Your hands are getting up close to your stomach and then you can't really move your arms and shoulders real well and you tend to get a little wristy and handsy through the putt. And then the opposite of that, don't get something that's way too short and you're in a bad posture position and not able to put a good stroke, putting stroke on the ball. I tend to like something that's a little bit shorter in length. If you got to go any route, go shorter rather than longer because that's just going to extend your arms and shoulders a little bit better. It's going to give them the opportunity to, to flow a lot easier and dominate that putting stroke more so than the hands and the wrists. I thought I'd give you an example of an average bag for like a middle handicap player, mid to high handicap player. Typically what you see in that bag would be the driver in three wood and a five wood. And then you go with like a four hybrid and then five through pitch, gap wedge, sand wedge, lob wedge, putter. So that's a, again, a typical set makeup for mid to high handicap player. And again, goes back to what I said earlier that five was interchangeable with a three hybrid. Just depends on which one you like better. A lot of the higher handicaps just still like to favor that five wood because it's a confidence factor. There's what I've seen. I don't know why that is. It just depends on the golfer. Nothing wrong with that. So just something to consider there in terms of your set makeup. So in summary, nobody can really say that there is a perfect set makeup out there in your golf bag. You just have to choose something that works for you and works for your golf swing. And it also works for your budget because that's something else you need to consider here. I just really want you to pay close attention to the gaps between your clubs. Really, really important. Understand the fact that you will be better off having more wedges 
than Woods in your golf bag. I cannot emphasize that enough. Please, if you take anything away from this podcast today, I want you to understand the importance of evaluating those wedges and putting more of those in your golf bag because that is how you're going to attack the greens and the pins, and you're going to hit that shot way more often than you're going to hit those less lofted clubs. All of that scoring happens with your wedges in your bags, not those long clubs. If you keep all these facts in mind, you're going to give yourself the highest chance for success. And remember, that is why I'm here. I want to help you be successful. And it all comes back to evaluating your bag, whether you're sticking with your current equipment or you're going with something new. Just really pay closer attention to that because this is something I've seen that a lot of golfers don't pay attention to. Thus, the reason why I'm giving you this episode today because I'm getting you thinking outside the box thinking about how you're going out there and attacking your golf course and your game and your opponent out there, whoever it is you're playing, because I want you to make, I want to make sure you are equipped properly to be successful. No matter which combination you decide on, just make sure it instills confidence in your game. Good luck. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm always here for you. My email again, sgoforth at pga.com. Again, that's sgoforth at pga.com. Shoot me an email if you have any additional questions. Look me up on social media. It's sgoforth underscore pga on Instagram. It's goforth golf instruction on Facebook. I look forward to hearing your stories. I look forward to hearing about how you're equipping yourself for the 2022 golf season. Good luck, and get out there and start lowering those scores. Congratulations, my friend. You have completed yet another episode of the Go Forth and Golf podcast. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I really hope it's going to help you become a better golfer, And I really know that if you evaluate that golf bag and make sure you're equipped with the right tools, you are going to be a lot more successful this year. Please help me out. Spread the word about this podcast. If you think that this topic will help other people you know, please share it with them, whether it be on social media or whether you're texting them a link to the podcast. Anything you're able to do to help me spread the word about the podcast is tremendously appreciated. If you feel like I deserve it and you're out there listening on the Apple platform, just go to my podcast, scroll down, click on that fifth star, give me a five-star rating. I would really appreciate it. Giving me that rating or giving me a positive review will really help move me up those Apple charts and get me in front of a lot more golfers out there that I can help and just, again, help grow the game. That's why I'm doing this. So the more people I can reach, the bigger and better this game can be and the more it can thrive for many, many years to come. My next episode will drop on Wednesday, February the 2nd. I'm really excited about this episode because my guest is going to be TaylorMade representative Brandon Becker. Brandon's going to come on and we're going to talk everything there is to know about this awesome and new line of golf clubs that TaylorMade is coming out with. The Stealth Woods, the Stealth Irons. These things are going to set the golf world on fire I can't wait to have him on and just educating you on why these golf clubs are going to revolutionize the golf industry. So be on the lookout for that interview with Brandon from TaylorMade on the next episode. I've got a lot more exciting episodes coming down the pipeline this coming year. More guests that we'll have on. I'm super, super excited to bring you this season of the Go Forth and Golf podcast. So stay tuned. 
because we're going to have some really cool topics coming your way and a lot of cool guests. Until the next episode, I hope you hit your drives long and straight. I hope you hit more greens in regulation. I hope you drain more putts. And most of all, I hope you get out there and have a fantastic time on the golf course. Don't forget to do something nice for somebody today. And remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.